0: Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the fine folks at Zen Sports. Zen Sports is your one-stop shop for sports betting this season. Football, basketball, right around the corner. Baseball's postseason just ahead. Zen Sports is where you go. Download the app today. Of course, you know that the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry are there for you wherever justice demands. They are there for you to put you in position to succeed. Go to amandajgentry.com for more information. And of course, TrueMav Fitness in the Gulch, the best place to work out for the best version of you. Get your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident at Trumav Fitness in the gulch tim kelly in his first game as the titans offensive coordinator there's a lot of different things that i think you can dissect on the whole obviously 15 points none of them touchdowns is going to be a big talking point touchdowns for this team red zone opportunities we know there were some things that were unsettled unsettled particularly the quarterback as kenston uh farmer correctly points out Called very good plays. Quarterback didn't execute by forcing it to only one receiver. Well, it wasn't just that he was forcing the ball, Ryan Tannehill. There are a variety of different issues that Tannehill, uh, I think, brought to the table in this particular game. But I do think that you have to kind of, it, it seems weird to say that you have to remove Ryan Tannehill from this discussion. But there is a lot of it that you have to kind of grade on a curve with because of Tannehill's poor performance Stephen King says King cat the rest of the season or bust well we can uh, we can certainly talk about Derek Henry's usage usage so it's as simple as this Tim Kelly 15 points as I said the offense on third down was particularly uh, difficult two of 12 they were nightmarish on third down it really really took them a while uh, to sustain drives and that was my biggest point of contention for last year's offense Read you some stats from my handy-dandy game book about the Titans offense. So you know the individual performances uh, of Derrick Henry. You know that he had 15 total carries on the day for 63 yards. He had 10 of those carries in the first half and 51 of those yards on the ground in the first half. They only gave him five carries in the second. He also had a 46-yard screenplay. He had another reception on top of that, did Derek for 56 total yards. So over 100 yards of offense, specifically for Derrick Henry. Then there's Tannehill, right? 16 of 34, 198 yards, sacked three times for a loss of 17. No touchdowns, three interceptions, and the longest play of the day was the screen to Derek. The leading receiver in this game was DeAndre Hopkins. 13 targets, only seven receptions, um, several of the interceptions in uh, with with DeAndre as the primary target and even some interceptions that were probably dropped with DeAndre Hopkins as the primary target. Then there was Nick westbrook Aquina. He was targeted seven times. He had four catches for 58 yards. Derrick Henry was the third leading receiver with those two catches on the day. Um, we know that Treitlin Burks with two catches for 18 yards is going to be a talking point. We know that Chig with two targets and zero catches is going to be a talking point. So with all that being said, the offense as you see it, how would you grade Tim Kelly's debut? Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We will talk about it together in the comment section. It's your Two Rivers Ford take. As always, it is presented by Two Rivers Ford. Go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. Quality, American-made Ford vehicles. Award-winning customer service is what they offer to you. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet for 40 years, serving Middle Tennesseans, powered by Ford, driven by people. So how would you grade Tim Kelly's performance? Um, For Karen O'Keefe, she says a D. Major Keys feels a lot more optimistic about it. B+, plus. thought the play schemes were creative, should have used Henry more. Chad Caldwell says B-, minus because of the amount of open players. Uh, Tannehill just wasn't able to capitalize, obviously. William Jones, Tim Kelly's play calling was okay. However, when you have a quarterback with PTSD and happy feet, it sets up for the shit show that we saw on Sunday. So I think that largely, you know, if you're asking me for a grade, I think a B plus is completely fine. Um, You know, it was the kind of offense that I was looking for from the Tennessee Titans. It was an offense that, in theory, was going to allow the quarterback more room to work, allow the quarterback to shoulder more of the burden, allow Derrick Henry to have less of the individual pressure to carry them across the finish line. Now, you might say, well, that's what Derrick Henry is there to do. And I understand that five carries in the second half is insufficient. We know this. Uh, There's no justification for Derrick Henry Receiving only those five uh, carries in the second half, given that they were having success on the ground with both Henry and Spears. Now Spears didn't do a ton; um, he three three for twenty seven, but was I mean that's an average of nine yards a carry. They were finding opportunities. He just didn't have a ton of carries. Uh, they also had Traylon Burks have one carry for nine yards as well. But I do think that the uh, I do think that the scheme itself was effective. The plays were there to be made. The quarterback wasn't making them. And I know that the easy thing to do, and, you know, it's, like I said, the second half with Derrick Henry is fair criticism, but they could have won the game giving Derrick Henry only five carries in the second half, and then it's less of a talking point. Maybe you say, okay, well, you'd like to see Derrick Henry get more touches. I just, it's not, it wasn't necessary, right? It wasn't necessary for them to win this game. What was necessary for them to win this game is Ryan Tannehill hitting Trigger Conquo on the flea flicker. Ryan Tannehill finding Tajay Spears on the wheel route. Ryan Tannehill not forcing interceptions into double coverage on first down. I thought that Tim Kelly's debut was a B plus. I thought it was completely fine. I thought there was a lot to like. I think those are the kind of changes and tendencies that you're looking for. I think that what you have, what you have on the table, I think they're telling you clearly and obviously, yeah, we want Spears to be just as much a part of the offense as is Derrick Henry. You may disagree with that. I think there might be some justification to it, given the results that they had. Like I said, Derrick Henry is going to be an easy thing to pinpoint when they lose if he doesn't get enough work. And I'm telling you, they could have won that game without Derrick Henry receiving more than 15 carries. That they didn't, though, makes it an easy talking point, and that's why we sit here today. You're going to hear from Mike Vrabel here in just a second on the offense uh, on Derrick Henry specifically, right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by the great folks at Zen Sports. Go to Zen Sports app and download it today. Make sure you plug in the promo code ATOZTN for unlimited five percent cashback on your first handful of bets. Zen Sports is there to get you in on all the action, whether it's football baseball basketball as i said is right around the corner zen sports is here to get you in on that action with that promo code A T O Z T N. that welcome bonus that gives you five percent cash back of your total betting volume for your first 15 days is wild what are you waiting for stop wasting time and money on other sports books when you could be earning real cash rewards with zen sports gambling problem call the tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and up in Tennessee to bet. So, how would you grade Tim Kelly's offensive coordinator debut? I believe that a B-plus is more than fair. Uh, God is a theory, says uh, D is is being nice. James Henderson says C-minus, just because he called plays despite the ability of the offense to execute. Uh, Lamar Daniels says, what are the drive killers? False starts, yes. Uh, His average third down, I mean, they were, Again, I'll give you the numbers on third down for the Titans offense on Sunday. Uh, So the Titans on third down specifically were 2 of 12, 16.7%. For what it's worth, the Saints were 7 of 16, 43.8%. They had 285 uh, yards of offense, uh, 59 total plays offensively. They gained an average of 5 or excuse me 4.8 yards per offensive play their average third down uh, position was third and eight which is absolutely nightmarish because of the issues that they had Jay Street says him averaging five plus yards a carry was all the more reason to give him the ball more well I would have liked if they'd run the ball more just generally right I didn't I don't care if it's Spears or Henry and I know that's again I know many of you are going to disagree with me on that and that's fine. Um, but base again, Spears averaged nine yards of carry. Derek was averaging over five yards of carry in the first half ended up averaging 4.2. And Mike Vrabel said today, uh, or on, um, Mike Vrabel said on, what was that? Uh, Monday that they felt like they kind of, well, I'll let you hear from Mike Vrabel on the Derrick Henry situation. Um, why don't we do that right now? It's a new feature of the offense.
1: We're just trying to get everybody involved and, you know, I think. continue to find ways to, to get Tajay and Derek in there. Um, Derek certainly um, gave us a chance to win and his performance. And, and so did Tajay, you know, tried to hit him a few times down the field. Um, certainly his, his average when he carried the football um, would lend itself to, to tell us that, that he has to carry it more and, you know, try to continue to find ways to get both of them involved at the same time and in same package and
0: whatever it may be. So that's Mike Vrabel talking about Derrick Henry's situation. Uh, B. Friend says, Buck, my God, man, he didn't call a touchdown all game until Tim Kelly gets an F for, you know, F. Um, well, of course he called a touchdown. He called several touchdown plays throughout the course of the game. The quarterback didn't hit them. You know, Tim Kelly can't execute the play. He can only call it. The plays were there to be had. And if you, you know, be French respectfully, like if you didn't notice that in the game, then you don't understand what you're evaluating or you don't understand what you're seeing. And I know that a lot of times, you know, a lot of you guys are are uh, in there with sar- sarcastic or, you know, tongue in cheek comments, and this might be one. But like, obviously, there were touchdown plays to be had. The touchdown plays were not capitalized. Uh, Jay Street says the difference is Spears doesn't scare any defenses yet. Henry on the field would have opened up more for DeAndre Hopkins and Burks. That's just simply not true. That's ignoring exactly what Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears is a really, really good player. You don't, you don't know that yet, and that's fine. Uh, you know, And I know practice is only something that uh, is applicable. It's less applicable for running backs than it is about any other position because they can't actually execute. They're not getting tackled. But to to say that Spears isn't a threat to a defense, again, completely ignores the opportunities that Spears was getting to threaten the defense. The plays weren't hit. So if you're ignoring that, I can't help you. If you're saying that Derrick Henry um, is so – I mean, listen, Derrick Henry has a track record. Derrick Henry is worth paying attention to. To say that Tajay Spears doesn't scare defenses, maybe maybe that's accurate because they haven't seen him on tape. Now they have, and they know that, they, they know that he can hurt them. The whole reason Tajay Spears is here is because he is Derrick Henry's replacement. Tajay Spears, at least he's a part of the solution, right? Tajay Spears is a three-down running back. He is a running back who understands route concepts. He is a running back who absolutely stonewalled a couple of defenders in pass protection. Tajay Spears is the future of the Titans' running back position. And to say that you are, uh, to say that he was not able to scare any defenses, the dude was running wide open on multiple opportunities, and he wasn't hit. That they weren't able to capitalize on them because the quarterback didn't take advantage of that does not mean that Spears isn't a threat. It just means that they weren't able to execute the plays. Adam Weber says twenty touches for Henry, ten touches for Spears, and thirty passes by Tannehill is about the right balance. No, that's not the right balance, and it's not. It's not. You can't blanket statement that there are going to be games where Ryan Tannehill doesn't need to throw thirty passes. There are going to be games when Derrick Henry doesn't need ten catches or ten touches. There is. There are going to be games when Spears doesn't need 10 touches right like i don't think that you can look uh i don't think that you can look at any of this and say that there's one blanket formula to make this offense successful the biggest reason like I, the reason that i won't give tim kelly an a not just because they didn't throw touchdowns or they didn't have touchdowns because they had touchdowns available the offense didn't hit them the players didn't hit them um the only reason that i'm not saying an a today is because it felt like to me they really couldn't. Fig- they were still trying to figure out how best to put their players in positions to succeed. Again, I say to you, Derrick Henry could use more than five carries in the second half of that football game. But I mean, other than to nitpick that, I was fine with everything else that Tim Kelly did. I thought the plays were there. I thought the protection plan was adequate. I thought that they found ways to keep Ryan Tannehill upright. I thought that Ryan Tannehill sandbagged the vast sandbagged the vast majority of what it was that they were trying to execute. Now, whether that remains the case will be a storyline that we talk about each and every week. But for right now, Tim Kelly is fine. I'd give him an A, even without a touchdown, because the touchdowns were there. They just didn't hit him. B plus for now, though, because it still seems like they're trying to figure out the best usage of their personnel. Keith Quinn says, a C plus. How many touchdowns did Kelly's offense score? Again, if you want to look at it like that, you can. And you can put that on Tim Kelly. That would be, and Keith, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I, and please don't take it this way. I'm not saying that that is stu- I'm not saying that you're stupid. I'm saying that that is an opinion that I think to be stupid. Um, so I know that might not sound like much of a difference, but please don't take it as a personal attack. I just think that's a, a, a particularly lacking of perspective, uh, a, a perspective that lacks perspective. Given that you could clearly see the touchdowns, the touchdowns were there. They just didn't hit them. So that they didn't score on them, that's not Tim Kelly's fault. That's Ryan Tannehill's fault, more than anybody else on the field on Sunday. And if you want to hold Ryan Tannehill against Tim Kelly, I suppose that you could. But we're not doing Ryan Tannehill tonight. We're doing Tim Kelly. Um, I think that there's a uh, there's a lot to like about what we saw, and we can continue to talk about it. We can also talk about some things that need to be changed uh, coming up against the Chargers. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, we'll talk about it together Right after, I remind you that the primetime show is presented by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands to protect your constitutional rights, particularly to be a father to your child, your constitutional right to be a father to your children. Amanda and her staff are particularly passionate about fathers' rights when it comes to defending your constitutional rights to be a parent to your child. That is why they practice in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties across the state of Tennessee. AmandaJGentry.com is where you go to find out more information about how she and her staff can serve you. The best in the business is the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. So looking at the things that we need to see differently uh, against the Chargers, a Chargers team that, you know, got it taken to them by Tua Tonga Valoa. Mike McDaniel is, is much better at offense than anybody that the Titans uh, have on their staff right now. So I don't imagine that the ways that the Titans are going to try and take advantage of the Chargers will look the same as the Dolphins did so effectively. I do think that the defense is going to give them opportunities um, against Justin Herbert and that offense, but the offense obviously is the biggest thing that we need to talk about. Now, I'm talking about from a play-calling perspective. What do you need to see more from from Tim Kelly? Because obviously the answer on offense is – well, Ryan Tannehill needs to be better, but I think that uh, I think that when you look at the variety of different things, uh, a variety of different things, that there are some some tweaks that you can make right now. So where would you make a tweak ahead of the Titans Chargers game on offense specifically? I think that the more that I look at it, you know, Tannehill, Tannehill is the one thing that people are going to come back to time and time and again but that uh, for, for Mike Vrabel, I thought he articulated the decision-making or at least what he saw from Tannehill. I thought he was pretty upright or forthright about the quarterback's situation. What I do think that they need to account for is how uncomfortable Ryan Tannehill looks right now. I don't think it's because, I mean, he, he may be getting up there in age. We may start to see a physical depreciation of his of his physical abilities as i kind of alleged on monday on the radio show that i just and on sunday on prime prime time when we did it from the superdome uh you know it's the first time that i've watched him and felt like oh my god he looks old he looks frazzled he looks scared that's not ever something like of all the all the acquisi- ac- a- accusations that you could make of ryan Tannehill. the reason why he's still the starting quarterback is because he's tougher than shit like some of the Some of the plays that I've seen him stand in there and take hits on while delivering passes are just like kamikaze type stuff, right? Ryan Tannehill is, uh, he invites a lot of sacks because he will hold in the pocket and deliver or try and deliver a throw. But I do think that that, seeing Ryan Tannehill look skittish, that's the first time that that's ever looked like a thing to me beyond last year when he's running for his life. And even last year when he was running for his life, there was a, a, a degree of confidence, much a much greater degree of confidence that you had in him being able to stand in there, take a hit, and deliver the throw. We saw him do it time and time again. It's it is, I think it's the best quality that Ryan Tannehill offers, the toughness to try and execute those plays. Now, that wasn't the case on uh, Sunday against the Saints, but I do think that Tannehill and how they put him in positions to succeed They saw the places where he came up short. Perhaps there's only so much correcting that they can do, but I do think that there's a variety of different ways that they will have to make adjustments. And I think for the time being, they have to find adjustments that make the most sense for that quarterback. Now you can say, well, just get the quarterback out of there. He's not worth adjusting for. And I'm not, listen, I'm not here to talk you off the Tannehill ledge. Uh, Even if it's week one, even if I think, you know, a lot of the hand wringing is a bit dramatic, I, I, I saw. I was there. I was in New Orleans to cover the the, the the game and saw the quarterback have the worst performance of his career. Dolphins or Titans, um, and so that that is that is the most glaring issue for them, first and foremost. But finding better opportunities for the offense and and cutting down cutting down really on the penalties, right? The false starts. Superdome was rocking. That's one of the craziest environments I think you could open up in, and the Titans operationally suffered as a result less penalties, less uh, play-killing, drive-killing penalties, rather, like the false starts early on where you have field position at your opponent's 24 when you strip the uh, opening kickoff away from them and recover the fumble, a job well done by Amani Hooker, but that drive loses eight yards and you have to settle for a field goal. Stuff like that can't happen, and I think Tannehill, you know, Tannehill can clean up a lot of that himself.
1: I can tell you, we have to be better. Brian has to be better. We, we have to hit guys that are open. We, we can't, we, we can't force the ball into double coverage, and so we have to give them cleaner pockets, like we gave them in the second half earlier. There were there was some of that. I think. again, we can point to when, when, when a play goes bad. We, we can point to a lot of different things, but uh, you know, we, we have to be better. We can't we can't turn the football over. Or we can't get punts blocked.
0: So that's Mike Vrabel talking about the decision-making that Ryan Tannehill needs to improve on. A to Z Sports Primetime is presented by the great people at TrueMap Fitness in the Gulch. Get the best workout in Metal Tennessee. Get a new way to work out for the best version of you at TrueMap Fitness in the Gulch. You guys know I go there for personal training. I love it. You can as well. You can also sign up for their group fitness classes. Boot camp style. No workout ever recycled or repeated in and out in a time span of about 40 minutes to maximize your efficiency and your physical fitness. True Fitness is the best place to improve your physical fitness for a variety of different reasons. Whether you needed to lose weight the way that I did, 58 pounds is what I was able to drop. Whether you need to improve your health as a result of physical fitness, whether that's weight loss or just improving your health, True Fitness is there to give you the keys, the tools to succeed. Go to TrueMathFitness.com. For your first workout free looking at the things that this Titans team is going to be up against, against the chargers. And we'll do the, the install podcast with Greg Cosell tomorrow. And we'll do a lot more X's and O's analysis as a result tomorrow night. Uh, Titan tough says the stadium being loud affected the offense too. Sure. But they're going to play on the road in a lot of different places. New Orleans is particularly hostile. New Orleans, probably the best road environment, like the most hostile road environment, uh, in the league I would say I it's a really really tough place to open now you know that doesn't matter the job is to go out there and execute they had enough to win they missed their opportunities but I do think that you know the Saints in the Superdome are a really really tough first week test and they're going to do a they're going to make a lot of teams look bad as a result Uh, Puka says they could fix left tackle and they didn't yeah but they really can't like Unless you're talking about playing Skaronsky there. And really, Dillard, like Dillard was not good in the first half. But like, I went back and watched the second half a couple of times. Dillard was not was not really that big of a problem. Like, I don't think he's great, but he's good enough. The offensive line was not really that big of a problem. There were times when Tannehill was under pressure, sure. And like, credit the Saints. They found ways to pressure the quarterback. But the offensive line graded out pretty well as far as pass blocking and run blocking. In fact, Dillard was a top ten run blocking offensive lineman on uh, on Sunday, according to ESPN's run blocking win rate measurements. Uh, Puka says damage was done in the first half, and listen, I I can't dispute that, right? But like to say that they couldn't fix the left ta- or they could do more to fix the left tackle situation, I think ignores, you know, one, Andre Dillard was out there for a reason. Two, teams don't let better offensive linemen hit the open market that way. Three, that's about as good a left tackle option as you could have right away, especially since since Scurron... I mean, I don't think Scurron is going to make like a Pro Bowl in his rookie year because I just don't think the Titans or he are notable enough, are big enough names, will be in front of enough people to say that he can be in the Pro Bowl. But I think he's absolutely a Pro Bowl caliber player. And I don't just say that after one game. I think that he can make the Pro Bowl as a guard probably in his second year, because that's typically how the, these things are always delayed as far as people's recognition for players year over year. I think that Skoronsky at guard makes the most sense, and I think that Dillard is fine. Now, again, wasn't fine in the first half, needs to improve. Adam Weber says Orlando Brown was available, yet you can't afford Orlando Brown. You know how much money Orlando Brown is making? Adam, don't be ridiculous. Like, you can't, uh, you can't make that argument and say that Orlando Brown was available with any kind of serious straight face because you, unless you were completely unaware of your team's financial situation. Um, the problem, the bigger issue with the offensive line is Ryan Tino's holding the ball. Ryan TNL was patting the ball in ways that I don't typically see. Like that's something that Malik Willis does. And that's a big problem. Holding the ball, not getting rid of it, not throwing it away at, at critical times. There was a lot, uh, there was a lot to do with the quarterback and his inability to capitalize on a variety of different situations. Um, God is a theory says, Tim Kelly needs a mobile QB. He really doesn't. Deshaun Watson is not like Deshaun Watson can move, but like I think of Deshaun Watson the same way that I think of Ryan Tannehill. Those are pocket passers. And when they can, when they need to make plays with their legs and Tannehill, you know, maybe not at 35, but I think Tannehill has shown enough in his career that he can make plays with his legs. Deshaun Watson was a pocket passer. Deshaun Watson is a pocket passer. So like to say that, Tim Kelly needs a mobile quarterback. No, he doesn't. He just needs the quarterback to not he needs a quarterback to not shit the bed. <laughs> quarterback shit the bed. That's what happened. And and to to try and uh, extrapolate it out any further than that, I think is just kind of chasing ghosts. I just I don't think that's I don't think that's so. Um uh, God has a the theory says what Watson moves like tanny Yeah they have similar characteristics if you watch those two players enough across the course of their career those are pocket passers that display the ability to move that is not something that Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson's game is not predicated off his mobility Sean Watson's game is predicated off his ability to read, isolate and execute his ability to get the ball downfield, the arm talent. Deshaun Watson is not an inherently mobile quarterback. He's not Lamar Jackson, he's not Malik Willis. It's like saying that it's like saying that Joe Milton and Anthony Richardson were comparable. Anthony Richardson is a quarterback that has unbelievable traits outside of structure and has the ability to make plays with his legs. Just because Joe Milton looks physically similar to him does not mean that they are the same players because they also have great arm strength. Joe Milton is a pocket passer. Anthony Richardson can be, but not that's not what his game is predicated off of. And I think to ignore those things is really, really, uh, you know, it's doing... It's doing the uh it's doing the analysis of disservice. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to really pay attention to what it is that these guys are doing. And, you know, that's something that we've and that's okay, like to to flesh that out, because maybe people don't think of Deshaun Watson as I don't want to say he's he's not purely a pocket passer, but he is more pocket passer than he is mobile quarterback, if that makes sense. Um I think that uh, AR took some hits on Sunday. Yeah, says Stephen King. Well, he's 20 years old. He's he's going to be more willing to take hits at 20 than he would be at 25 or 35 the way that Ryan Tannehill is. Uh, Mike Connolly says, free Henry. Like I said, I don't, you know, if they go about it with the same game plan and they find ways to succeed and, and you know, the quarterback hits them, they win that game. Derrick Henry, five carries in the second half. It's an easy thing to uh, tee off on. I just don't think it's it's not the reason they lost the game. It really isn't, um, and I think to ignore that is just is is playing into biases that you have about Derrick Henry, and that's fine. You're allowed to have biases about Derrick Henry. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I think that uh, I think that it, it it's it's a tough argument to make to say yeah they're okay with the lesser usage of Derrick Henry when they lose the game, but the game plan was there. They had the game plan to win, and the game plan with Derrick Henry only getting five carries. In the second half, while it's an easy thing to kind of circle after the fact, and listen, I'm not going to say that Derrick Henry couldn't have more carries in the second half, but, like, they don't really need much more out of Derrick. They had the game plan to win. Quarterback shit the bed. Uh, So let's uh, let's keep it moving. Let's talk about a gone viral video. We'll do so right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators, the best in the business is the Ashton Real Estate Group team. So, what was the best thing that I saw on the internet this week? The best thing that I saw on the internet this week was Josh Allen having to explain away the idea that he had four turnovers in a game that Aaron Rodgers didn't play in and the Bills lost. Is that something
1: he did, or is that just you maybe forcing the ball, trying to force the ball in a little bit? Yeah, trying to force the ball. Um, (sighs) Yeah, same shit. Same place, different day. What do you mean by that? Can you elaborate on what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I hurt our team tonight. I cost our team tonight. Josh, and it feels really, really similar to last year, and I hate that it's the same. What? I do.
0: It's a real honest moment from Josh Allen. Um, you know, I, I don't see – I don't take any pleasure in seeing him play that way, but there is a lot of, like, Josh Allen, just chill the hell out, right? Generally, like he just seems so overly excitable in these moments when he's forcing the ball. And we talk about Tannehill forcing the ball. There are a lot of quarterbacks that had poor week one performances. Uh, You know, I don't know that I could. I mean, I would argue that that Josh Allen's performance was more hurtful to his team than was Ryan Tannehill's. Both were bad. Both cost them the opportunity to win the game. The only difference being is that Ryan Tannehill lost to an NFC opponent. And Josh Allen lost a divisional game that Aaron Rodgers only played four snaps in. So that, I think, is is the far worst performance. I think if you were going down the list of quarterbacks who, who kind of collapsed, I think that, um, you know, at the top of that is Josh Allen. Daniel Jones is probably next. You could probably go three, either Tannehill or Burrow. Burrow had a really, really poor day. Uh, the Browns defense made his life a living hell. I thought that Joe Burrow, uh, you know, that's his that's that's Joe Burrow's worst career game. And we're talking about Ryan Tannehill's career game, so or worst career game. So I think, you know, those are kind of on an even playing surface. But again, the the losing of, to a divisional opponent exceeds uh even as, as bad as Tannehill looked and as bad as that loss was, to lose to a non-conference opponent, you know, is not nearly as as hurtful as what it is that the Bills and Bengals. Were unable to do against two of their divisional rivals. So, um, not saying that Tannehill was good. Not saying that Tannehill deserves any kind of excuses. But on a scale of quarterback performances, he really wasn't the worst. Even though it, it probably felt like it to you on Sunday, and you know, uh, correctly so. Uh, Tannehill snapped on Buck in the postgame press conference. No, he didn't. No, I listen. I there was a there was a harsh. I'll play. We have the Tannehill comments right here. There was a harsh reaction to what, how Tannehill responded to my question about interceptions, but to say that he snapped is, is dramatic to say that's not, that's not the case at all. It was a mischaracterization. And I understood why you guys responded the way that you did to his answer. I also understood why he answered the question that way. This was Ryan Tannehill in the postgame press conference with us on Sunday afternoon.
1: Yeah. It's a sick feeling in your gut. obviously Um, didn't go out and play the way we wanted to play. Um, Weren't good enough in the red zone, missed opportunities, mistakes, all of it. You know, so you know there was a, a couple bright spots, but on the whole, it just have to be better uh, in a lot of different areas. Can, can you, walk you walk us through the interceptions
0: you? from your standpoint?
1: It doesn't really matter, right? I mean, you can walk through oh, whatever. At the end of the day, whether you know, doesn't matter what happened. It, turnovers, and um, you know, we have to eliminate those to, to give
0: ourselves a chance to win the game. How would you attribute some? That's that's a, like. When, when he, when he says, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, it's going to piss fans off, right? Because like, it matters to you guys. Now, I don't think that him explaining the interceptions is going to make you less pissed at him. I I don't, I like, that's what he's saying. Like we lost the game, right? It doesn't really matter. It's what matters is that I turned the ball over three times. That's if you if you took it poor, more you know if you took it worse than that then that's fine. Uh, Tafari says I've seen him roll his eyes at you. He didn't roll his eyes at me, guys. You are don't don't project. Okay, listen. You're allowed to be pissed at Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill sucked on Sunday. No, it's the worst performance of his career. But like what he's saying there is not that it doesn't matter, but it, that it doesn't matter to explain the interceptions. What he's saying is, I I turned the ball over three times. We can't do that. So an explanation of why I turned the ball over three times doesn't really matter. The fact that it happened at all is the issue there. Now, I would have liked to understand a little bit more from his, like, the interception on first down with Chris Moore in double coverage, like, I, I'm i just legitimately curious. Did you just not see Chig there? Or were did you think that, what what was your logic, right? That doesn't really help him to explain. It doesn't buy him any more grace from you guys. But for my own personal frame of reference, when I'm talking about it or reacting about it after the fact, I like to have more context than less. So I think that uh, I think that you know to try and project any further on on Tannehill, you know, is just is I, I get why you guys are emotional about Tannehill. Uh, it was it was really really bad, but like. You know, he didn't snap on me, he didn't roll his eyes at me. He answered a question in a way that I thought I thought the response was fair, even if it didn't give you kind of the blood it, it, the the kind of uh uh pound of flesh that you wanted from him, right? You wanted you wanted him to say, Oh yeah, I sucked, it was all on me. You wanted him to, to go full, like uh, I I don't know <laughs> what, what would be the best comparison here but like you wanted ryan Tannehill to suffer more at the hands of the people asking him questions and you know that he didn't give you that satisfaction i think is why people are uh, largely you know being harsher on him specifically about that he deserves criticism he's getting plenty of criticism nobody's going to be more critical of him than his head coach in their team meetings but mike Vrabel's not going to take him out publicly Ryan Tannehill's not going to, you know, uh have a meltdown or cry at the podium if even if you want him to, because you're so pissed at him. Uh we Scott Van Horn says we wanted him to say say he let the team down. I mean, he said we, right? And I think maybe that's maybe that's the thing that uh that most people are uh most people are um keying on because he said we instead of I. And okay. If 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 that's the difference for you, I'm you know that maybe means more to you than it does to me. I don't really care if he tells me that he let the team down like whatever. Like go out there and play better. I don't give a shit if you let the team down. Uh your 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 performance is something uh, or I I do let me rephrase. To let the team down is obviously not ideal. To hear him say it like that doesn't matter to me. It does. Like I don't care, you know, like okay, whatever. If if you want to be extra accountable in that moment, that's fine. You know, good luck and God bless. I don't think it, I don't think you guys treat him any less harshly because of it. I don't think we talk about him any differently as a result. It's just, it's you know, I just don't think that that's um, I just don't think that that's that important. Jay Street says why he keeps saying we, uh, uh, why he keeps saying we though than him like Josh Allen did. Uh, well, Josh Allen, Josh Allen was more directly responsible. Ryan Tannehill was responsible, mostly responsible for the reason that the Titans lost. But Josh Allen had more turnovers than Ryan Tannehill did. Josh Allen was more directly responsible for the re- reason that team lost than Ryan Tannehill was. Not by much. Um, and Josh Allen chose to answer the question that way. Like, Josh Allen is not Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is not Josh Allen. You know where they are similar? Their records and their turnovers and their playoff performances Josh Allen is basically Ryan Tannehill right now at this point in his career with a lot of frustrations. Bill's fans are talking today about Josh Allen the same way that you're talking about Ryan Tannehill, which is that he threw them literally out of that game. Um, So, you know, uh, that he says it publicly, I don't know. I mean, does that really make you feel that much better about a quarterback throwing three interceptions? Maybe you think so. Maybe we actually believe so. I think that's silly, to be honest with you. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. You feel however you want to feel. Uh, All right. That's going to do it for us tonight on the Primetime Show. Always great to spend some uh, time with you guys. Sunday through Thursday night. Radio show tomorrow. Titans back on the practice field. Mike Vrabel will be at the podium. We will uh, talk a lot about how they can improve against the Chargers. And we certainly will uh, continue to talk about how Ryan Tannehill needs to respond to this first level of adversity. Have a great rest of your evening. New install podcast with Greg Cosell tomorrow night. Check it out if you haven't. Go subscribe to it if you haven't. It's the best X's and O's breakdown that you're going to find. And we do a lot specifically on the Tennessee Titans because, of course, I'm a Titans reporter, Uh, even though uh, Greg and I talk a lot about all things in the NFL. I think Greg and his analysis of what the Titans offense did will make you feel a lot better about Tim Kelly and will probably make you feel worse about Ryan Tannehill for his poorly talking to Greg already this week to kind of get ready for the podcast tomorrow. I think, uh, you know, if you weren't spiraling, spiraling about the uh, Tannehill performance before, I think Greg is going to, uh, I think Greg is going to articulate that in more X's and O's more specific terms uh, than the rest of us have. All right. Have a great rest of your night. Talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone.
1: Are you surprised to hear that? (laughs) Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show. Damn it, Bert, you didn't hit end.